Well, we've only got one goal, so I'm going to have to hold this note for the <laughs> whole game. Hello, folks, and are welcome to We the Peeps. This is, of course, the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. MNT. I'm Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, baby. And we love the Nats. Yes, we do. These are the Nats. Get in here, boys. It's We the Peeps. It's We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Yay! Hey, that was a spicy meatball. Time to exhale. Um, it was a moderately spicy meatball. It was like a seven out of ten spiciness. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. U.S. just played Canada. We're coming white, fresh white off of spicy. it. White people spicy. White people spicy. Not Korean spicy. That was the northern rivalry. Did, the northern rivalry. USA versus Canada. What is the other alternative? Might I ask to you promoters? For northern rivalry in CONCACAF. Is it possible for US and Canada to not be the northern rivalry? Because is that is, the stated is, term? Yes. Yes. This is is Me- US Mexico not a northern rivalry as well? Or I guess it's our, our northern That's rivalry. That's the central. Is that what they're saying? Okay. I guess it's north to us. <laughs> I don't know, dog. I don't fucking know. Look, it was USA Dude. versus Canada, and we won. We won. Uh, won nothing in this must win game i guess (laughs) i suppose must win i suppose god forbid we have to Uh, play the team we're likely to play in the final if we succeed at in this tournament and and also if mexico loses we sure hope that we won this game don't we it doesn't make any sense to me. We'll get into There's all no of this. There's no such thing first. as a must win when you've already qualified from the group yeah, stage. That I'll shut is, up. Yeah. You, I'll let you do your, uh, your role on <laughs> yeah, the show. I think, yeah, Ty, you said it so clearly. That's not what a must win is. <laughs> that is not what a must win is. Okay. Uh, but first up, as always, we've got to do some quick house or keeping. Um, so follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod throughout the week. Hit us up on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash WTP Pod. It's really important because this show takes many hours and um you know a small amount of stress on our uh, actual lives um it is not free to do this there is actual overhead that we have yet to cover um, (laughs) with the patreon so please help us out on there it's five dollars a month and it makes a huge difference you'll probably forget completely that you did it um and we won't, I assure you. We will not. This is, it makes a huge difference. $5 a month, you become a ratified peep. Um, and you support this show as well as soccer culture at large. So do that. And hit us up on your tube. Uh, we're always on your tube. During the games, uh, you can find us. I guess it's YouTube slash WTP pod. Yes? Uh, unfortunately, it is more complicated than that. But if you go there and you search for We The Peeps in your little searchy box, you will find us. Okay, searchy box, we the peeps. Um, and hang out with us live on YouTube during the games, after the games. Right now, we're, we're live on YouTube with um, some of you folks. And it's a pretty good time. It is a, uh, a new thing in our lives. Makes us feel more connected to you. You can see what our faces look like, which is really important, because how else are you ever going to recognize us on the pickup soccer fields? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you won't know that it's us airport uh, unless you check out the youtube prison the airport in prison all these places where you're gonna want to know what we're we gonna like. we're gonna come across each you're other gonna okay? wanna know. uh end of house keeping okay 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 the game was usa versus canada there's only one way to get this going and that's to do uh line them up boys uh i've got two baseball gloves here one of them's a lefty left. glove in a righty, and a righty glove. <laughs> and guess what? They're both for you, Matt Turner. You get out there. You get out there. Keep crouch stance. Be ready. Matt Turner in goal. In the back, we're going to have Sam Vines, uh, Miles Roberman, 
Bam signs. Okay. Bam lines. Miles <laughs> uh, Robertman. <laughs> We have Van Symes, Miles Robertson, Runner Zimmerman, Miles Bridgerton, Shaq Less, <laughs> Miles Bridgerton. Uh, he is very uh, rake, rakish. We've got we're gonna have Dave David Sarakin Sands, uh, Lucas <laughs> Lucas Busio, Sebi Salazar. <laughs> Sebi Sebi Salazar Salazar Legit Um, Kellen Acosta You know him, you love him (laughs) Pookie Bay And and then we're going to have the double nine Son, two up front Just could not decide, DGG Just could not decide So many G's, so many strikers And Giasi Zardes Folks, this game recap could be told In about (laughs) as long as it took For this game to be decided, which is under 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, we got a goal in the very first play of this game, I think. And that's the end of the recap. <laughs> and we're there. All right. Uh, recap finished. Um, it was it was a Shaq Moore goal, which is really cool. And it came through Legette, which we also love. These are things that we love. Um, nice goal to get us started. Let's see. What else happened? Tejan Buchanan tried really hard throughout he this game. Wicked good. Uh, there was, he was wicked good. He looks Europe ready. Um, there was a Reggie Cannon, so Reggie, pew, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie Cannon. There was a Jackson Ewell and Roldan came on at the same time. Peanut butter. Getting the and, band back together. Yep, the band's all back together. We had a, a soy Ewell and, and, uh, I'll stop <laughs> there. And then we had also, and in my notes it goes, oh, Jackson Ewell and Roldan came in in the 73rd minute. And then in all caps, and Hoppy. <laughs> uh, Matthew Hoppy came into this one as well. Um, realistically, Ty, this this was a lot of Canada seemingly having the better of this game, and yet not that many valuable Canadian chances, really. Um, hard to say if the U.S. was or was not in control throughout this 90 minutes, but we'd get to the final whistle up one. We would win. This is three three up, three down, group stage. Winners are the USMNT. Ty, what's your first impressions? In my opinion, the US was not in control of this game for pretty much the entirety of it. And it led to a number of spots where Canada had reasonable numbers going up against a, a depleted and tired US backline. And any number of those could have led to a goal. But I think the Canadian team felt the brunt of some of their missing talent on this occasion. When you think that Tejan Buchanan might be the the fourth or fifth best guy on the team. uh, And today he was the the very best guy on the team. So I think against a better opponent, we would have been punished. Hope you weren't. Got through. This is what happens typically in the Gold Cup group stage. No matter how badly the U.S. team plays, we rarely get punished. So I'm not thrilled. You know, it it it, it does the job. But I don't think we should take anything from this in terms of the team being uh, at a higher level than we thought, just because they ended up with, with three wins from these three games. Two of them were very easy, and the one that was less easy, the opponent didn't quite grab their chance to punish us when we made mistakes. It was pretty shaky. Pretty shaky back and, there. Why and, do you think that? Yeah, that, that's the question. Is where, Where's the root cause of this? Yeah. And so for me, I am a strong believer that two strikers is just doesn't cut it anymore in the modern game. And the reason for that is when you have two players who are dedicated to scoring, you don't have enough ability to interchange, build possession, and stop the opponent from their own progression in midfield and in defense. And in this game, I think you you saw that in full effect, in my opinion. So so my diagnosis of this situation is that, first of all, Zardes and DK, a little bit of a peanut butter and peanut butter situation, and didn't really play well together. They didn't really complement each other. They didn't draw any qualities out of the other that wouldn't have been there otherwise. But the fact that those two guys were were up top waiting for service meant that we were unable to create the kind of combination play that you need to 
dictate and and control the rhythm of the game. So we it it looked like we were down a man the whole game, and I think that's because of this two striker system. Because we kind of were, yeah. And it's worth noting at this juncture as well that both of those players have the exact same weakness, which is <laughs> coming back into the midfield and interchanging. They're both not good, great at that. Correct. Or, Correct. And so yeah, that that seemed to me a kind of silly idea to begin with. But I you, guarantee you, you had felt that this was intentional from the start that they that this was I, the inevitable response to what we saw in the last game. I guarantee I guarantee there was a GGG speech in the locker room where he laughed about how Zardes came on and scored a worldie and he just can't choose I'm going to have to go with two up top. <laughs> I guarantee that that's yes, how the discussion went. Ridiculous. How these decisions are made. But <laughs> that is how these decisions are made. And and so let's say let's say that is how the decision was made. Um do you did did anybody come out on top between DK and Zardes tonight? I mean, it's got to be DK. But No, I don't I mean, how many times did either of them touch the ball? I feel like yeah. they, the the two of lot. them had the least touches of any players. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I haven't seen the stats, but they they barely were able to contribute because the U.S. just wasn't generating those those kind of uh, dynamic situations where they could actually apply their their skill set. You know, Zard has yeah. very limited skill set. DK <laughs> less limited skill set. Less limited. Uh, but they just they just had nothing to work with, and and you know, as you said, they're not really able to suspend that plan like uh, you saw a Clint Dempsey do many, many times for the U.S., where if the game's not finding him, if the team's not performing up to the level necessary, he is able to just say, fuck it, I'm a 10 now, and, you know, find the ball at the center circle and make something happen and and progress the game that way. So th- those two players were unable to do that, and that, that makes them a little bit more of a liability uh, when you think about, you know, future top-level games where maybe even if we are just playing one striker, we will still see similar symptoms you know, the U.S. not able to keep control in the midfield just because of talent reasons, right? So that that would be a, the, the case for maybe a more uh, versatile nine like Sargent or Hoppy uh, in, in place of uh, those guys. I think, yeah, I mean, speaking of, right, we're seeing the transformation of Hoppy into essentially an inverted winger, a tucked-in winger of some kind. Oh, and um, what a transformation. And what a transformation I mean, it is. And why aren't we trying that with Josh Sargent? What is the deal? Why, how is this guy not being tried? How do you try Hoppy at a new position, and yet you just you just slot Josh Sargent out there in the nine game after game without goals? Like, try him once. I've I been think saying the difference, he's a 10. I think the difference is that he was a very successful nine for all of the youth teams. So, it, so the, the it's, a very, it's a very tough transition where you go, well... You know, we raised you for 10 years to play this role for this team, and uh, it's not going well. So so that would, that would be a pretty momentous kind of shift to make for Josh Sargent, both tactically and also psychologically. But it, it, it feels like it must be done. Let's I don't know. Maybe. Let's try well, it. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I want him as a point ten, like a, like how Royce plays at Dortmund. Sure, uh, sure. They have different play like styles, a nine and a half. positionally, a nine yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He, and he'd be so good at that. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Josh Sargent. We're here to talk about USA versus Canada. Ty, um, why do you think, you know, we won this game? <laughs> if not for, because it didn't feel like a dominant performance, but there was, there is always the winner wins for, you know, a reason. I, correct, I, correct. You, yeah. you have been, you are on record as, as saying, it doesn't make sense to say we did or did not deserve to lose or win a game. That mm-hmm. the, the winner, mm-hmm. the person who walks off the field with a winning number of goals, <laughs> deserved to win. That's how the game works. Sure, Ty, that's how the game works. what about yeah. today? Uh, why do you think the U.S. deserved to win? How, how did this happen? So, yeah, the, the goal comes from a uh, reasonably dangerous situation. I think it's like a four-on-six or something. Pretty standard attacking situation. Uh, where it, Kellen Acosta has the ball and he he makes a move and then he actually loses the ball, but the Canada player isn't able to secure it. And so Acosta takes it off him again and then sprays the ball out to Leggett. And what Leggett does that is really special and different and unique in this moment, both for the U.S. team and in general, is he plays the ball first time. So he doesn't hem and haw. He doesn't try to get the perfect cross in. He just hits a ball, left-footed ball, perfectly splits 
the goalkeeper and the defense. And that kind of ball is always dangerous. It always gives players a chance to score. And Shaq Moore made an intelligent run. He was ready at the right place at the right time. So it was a great goal. And it came a little bit because of a, a Canada error, but it, it mostly came, I think, because of Legette's decisiveness, which we saw over and over throughout the course over of the game. Over and over again. So for me, the U.S. was worth worth a goal in the game. You know, maybe they were worth half a goal or a goal. Uh, I don't think we were worth much more than that. Um, and Canada, I feel like they they you know they weren't really able to put together lots of clear cut chances. You can remember with them, you know, hitting the crossbar and things like that. But they had the most sustained pressure of either team throughout the game. And so to me, I think the U.S. won this game because Canada was unable to turn that pressure and turn that possession into clear-cut opportunities and eventually goals. And that's that's on them. And that's that's something that, you know, they'll they'll be looking at with regret that they weren't able to to accomplish. And that's something that we should definitely not be counting on future opponents to uh, to, to do, do the same. It's, it's kind of a it's sadly kind of a classic Canadian thing to do. Like all they have to do is get the draw against a pretty like middling U.S. side on the night. They've got literally 90 minutes plus to get one goal against like a bunkering like C team U.S. And a pretty weak, they just, yeah, yeah. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So I, I feel yeah, for be, them. It would be frustrating a as a fan. I feel for fan. fans. Yeah. yeah, I feel for the well, fans of this. Yeah, the corollary to the deserve to win is the who's the better team, you know, and and I think you would think, you know, if you had no idea who these players were, right, you would have, you would have thought that Canada has better talent than the U.S. And yeah, and I think that's that's reasonably fair. Like we said, t- we said going into this game, the rosters are quite close. There's there's a lot of a lot of teammates, a lot of players who have played at similar levels in MLS over periods of time. And, you know, guys like Buchanan, who would definitely be a part of the U.S. team. Uh, if uh, if available, Kyle Laren as well. Kyle Laren better sure. than either DK or uh, Zardes at the moment. So so yeah. lots of uh, lots of um, you what know, reasonable we comparisons. What we would do for a Kyle Laren and Ayo I- I- Akinola, who literally did play for us, was yeah. totally you know. That's right. That's right. And um, so totally in the so, picture. Yeah, as a Canada fan, I think you have to you you come away from this maybe thinking a little bit that that they're in a good spot. That you know obviously this this particular game didn't go their way, but this wasn't the most important performance for them to have. There will be future games against the U.S. down the line where they really need to step up, and they should be able to do that. Shouts to Ayo Akinola, by the way, for going off injured in this game. He got the start really, really sad that he did not get to get get to have a yeah. He didn't get into the, the rhythm. Yeah. Um, we love you. We hope that it gets better. I, we hope that you're not out of the tournament or anything. Where you know. I, I want to see Ayo Akinola have his day against the U.S. Because I just think that's what, you know, that's what rivalries are made of. I said coming into totally, this game that totally. I want to see another chapter of the U.S.-Canada, the northern rivalry. Northern. <laughs> the northern rivalry. Yeah, we, so, so yeah, we, we hoped coming into the game that this would be a little chippier. And it really it, wasn't very it felt It felt like a dead rubber, which it was. Yeah, which it um, was. So I think, I think it was properly evaluated by the players. I would say that, that yeah. like in the, in a way that, that, um, that game in Olympic qualifying against Mexico was not properly evaluated. The players right. went way too hard to win that Mexico game. That was functionally irrelevant. And so what well, if there is, <laughs> so if what we're saying is we do want a meaningful rivalry here, aren't we also saying that we kind of want it to be a little irrational in this moment from Canada specifically? I don't think the U S has the, I don't think it's on the U.S. to make this rivalry happen. It's on Canada to make Fetch happen. You know, they need to come at us. I they agree. need to surprise us a bunch of times. I agree. They need to I say, agree. we are here and we don't like you. Yep. And we got Ayo. And he's and we're better. Now. We're better. And we're like, better. Yeah, I think there has to be a little bit of those rivalries where you have to think, yeah, we're actually better. Yeah. Even, even when you know in your mind that that's not true, you have to kind of in your heart believe that that's true. As I has been the case with U.S. Mexico that. a lot <laughs> for our the duration of our lives, I'd yeah. say. Um, so, but uh, I wanted to ask you because you, you you mentioned the the uh, irrelevance of this game. Why, in your opinion, is it irrelevant for us to avoid Mexico in the first knockout? Stage? Yeah, thank you, thank you for asking this question. Um, it's a fantastic question. <laughs> You're welcome. The, I just I don't know. I don't. I I can't quite like. 
nail down the logic of what I'm trying to say here, but the gist is that it's too confusing. If the U.S. wins this game and then Mexico loses, we play Mexico right away. And so all for naught. This cannot, it can't possibly be that your motivation to win this game is to avoid Mexico because you don't have control over what happens. Second of all, why would you want to avoid Mexico? Wouldn't you rather play a Mexico that's still warming up, that came into this tournament like trash, than to play a Mexico in the final after six wins and is like, after they've figured their shit out? Like, why not play Mexico now? Third of all, Right. It, for c winning the tournament, it makes just as so my second of all is if you want to win the tournament, it makes just as sense, much sense to eliminate Mexico as early as possible. There's no reason why it's better to play them in the final. It doesn't make any sense. Third of all, we're not even trying to win this tournament. We're trying to evaluate players. So the opportunity to play Mexico in a competitive setting could be lost. <laughs> by taking the track that leaves us away from Mexico as long yes. as possible. So it just, oh all God. these things, and I'm not saying we should try to play Mexico. I'm just saying that to say we need to win this game because we need to avoid Mexico just doesn't add up in my head. I cannot get the arithmetic to make any sense there. Okay, that's a fantastic answer. So my, I've, the, the two, there's two branches of the scenario there. So in the scenario where you want to win the tournament, you know, your primary goal is to win the tournament as it is in most situations. Um, the, I, in my opinion, it's worth it to kind of consider that factor as like one of your, maybe as a decision-making or, or tie-breaking situation. So it's like, you know, how hard should we go? Or if it's the 80th minute and, and we're behind by a goal, how much do we, do we fight to get back in the game? Risking injury, risking fatigue, yellow card accumulation. Risk, yeah, yellow card accumulation. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's totally fair to consider in those situations because the there is the potential that uh, if you dodge a, the strong opponent, then that opponent might randomly get knocked out in an earlier round before you eventually have to reach them. So you might play a weaker team at a later stage because they got knocked out. So I think it makes sense, but I think in those situations, it's dramatically overplayed. And and even if you account, if even if you consider this that, uh, the concept that this was a must win because we don't want to face Mexico, is exactly the mentality that we have been railing on with this show. No, we want to play Mexico because we want to be better than Mexico. We don't yeah. want to avoid Mexico like scared children. Yeah. The whole goal of this sport is to compete at the highest level you possibly can. And in CONCACAF, that's Mexico. So we want to play Mexico as yeah. a part of winning the tournament. Do you think Mexico is trying to avoid us? Yeah, exactly. No way. Exactly. No way. Now, the second thing that you said about this being a training exercise, and we might actually lose out on the opportunity to play Mexico <laughs> by thinking too hard about this, is amazing and completely true. <laughs> So yeah, we should have actually thrown this game so that we played Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not. But what I'll say is this, that there, I think what, what no one talks about enough is how important momentum is in a tournament. So when you have a dead rubber, and you, I feel like I've seen Germany do this like two or twice in World Cups, where they have a dead rubber in the group stage, and they chillax on it, and then um, you know it bites them in the ass later because they lose momentum. It's unfair to Germany, I'm not sure... I, I'm well, we've all we've true, seen that happen with many many, many teams and many. Someone comes in yeah. hot, yeah. takes it easy on that third game of the group stage, and then and then burns out. I think the number one reason to um, that this is a need that this is an ought to win. Ought to um, win. Then the number one reason hope to is, win <laughs> is because all games are a hope to win. Yeah, we should exactly. be trying to win exactly. games. Yeah. There should be and 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 momentum does matter, you know. So you want to rack up those wins and those good performances, and don't change your whole team up in the third game of a group stage because there's no, you know. Um, exactly. Exactly. Whatever. To don't and don't do and don't keep it all the same and competitive in order to avoid Mexico. Do so. Do what you do um, within the bounds that you do it, so that you can have the best team possible on the day and on the next day. Exactly. 
I think it, it, it has to be so much simpler. And I believe it actually is simpler in the locker room and in the, within the coaching staff and all that stuff. I think most of this is just spun by the media just as they have something to fill time with. Uh, and I, I think in Greg's eyes, he's just thinking, I'm just going to do my best to win every game. And, you know, maybe maybe yellow cards, injuries, things like that come into play as fringe considerations. Or you saw him like urging the team to get an extra goal against uh, Martinique because it would have put, put us ahead in the goal difference with Canada. So, you know, I, obviously he's aware of these things, but I think I think the the MO just is just run it out there and we're going to play our best and you know, maybe maybe think of th- some of those things later on in the game. Yeah. But the thing that it reminds me of is like the, there's this attitude or approach to the coverage that I've been trying to like put my finger on what bothers me about it, but I think it's that they after the roster choices that have made this so clearly a secondary priority for the Federation, for the coverage to be all about like maximizing every percentage of value that we possibly can to win this tournament that we've already given up so many chances to win. Yeah. Like, like if we were that concerned about getting like a 2% better chance to win this fucking tournament, we would have brought better players. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up, dude. So so this clear, like we gotta, we gotta settle. Like this is not a tournament we're trying to win. So I would like the coverage to reflect that instead of just selling this idea to the public that like, you no, know, this is the real U.S. national team. This is this is a you know must-win situation. That's bullshit. So why why can't we talk about like, look, this is not a must-win because we're not here to win. And here are the things that you should actually be looking out for instead of like, you know, uh, did Donovan Pines have a good back pass or whatever? Like, there's just there's so much more to talk about when it's actually put into the actual context of the decision making that's happening that will lead into World Cup qualifying yeah. and future versions of this team, you know? And, I'm afraid yeah, of people and why, like... I, I agree with you 100%. You're afraid of people what now? I'm afraid of people tuning into this and thinking because of the sort of gaslighting that this is the real U.S. national team. That's what happened. I want it to be clear that this yeah. is a backup squad that we're using as a way to test which of... So that, like, if that narrative was more prevalent, I feel like that might be more exciting for people than to think yeah. like, oh, Have yeah, you... we still suck. We just beat Canada one nothing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it looked bad. Have and you, it looked bad. In all of the three broadcasts we've seen, have you heard one mention of Pulisic, Dest, Tyler Adams, Wesson McKenney, anything? Nope, haven't heard those so names. That is, so that is a... That is a, a a decision has been made. Do a not decision has talk been made. These guys. Exactly, and which that's is a what huge that's mistake. And that's kind of what the pro forma methodology is, because you don't you don't want to devalue the product that you're presenting by mentioning that there's a better product that is not on offer. You're you know? deva- yeah, you're devaluing it by by jerking everyone around and <laughs> like acting like if the value of this. There is value. It is interesting. You should tune in to see. If exactly, any of these guys can make exactly. the real team, that's exactly. really fun. Um, side note, just once again, this is why we're streaming live on YouTube. If you're also frustrated by this during the games, we are having these conversations during the games. Okay, I won't say that again. Um, let's talk about, uh, yeah, last episode I had said I'm fine if we, I would even be, even be fine, hypothetically, hyperbolically. I would even be fine if we saw <laughs> two strikers. Just please give me three in the middle. Um, I and then we just immediately saw two strikers. I um, and kind of three in the middle. And kind of three in the middle, but that's what I'm kind of four, kind of three. What yeah. did we see in the middle? It was a Jimmy Sando situation. Yeah, um, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Sands out there balling. So, uh, so we we this was the the key sort of tactical point of the game from the U.S. perspective, and I yeah. I think. Looking back at the game, you can credit the U.S.'s success at frustrating Canada to this switch. I think it was successful in that. It it definitely increased our defensive solidity, and I think we would have had a you know maybe tougher time repelling some of those attacks with a different shape. Now it did affect other things, but anyway. Um, just clarify what shape now. So the the idea was that it was a five man backline when we were off the ball. So when Canada had the ball, James Sands would drop deep between uh, originally Zimmerman and uh, Robinson, and then it was Pines and, and Robinson. 
And that would create a five-man backline. And then when we were in possession, Sands would go into the midfield to make a four-man backline with two, uh, the two fullbacks pushing forward. So uh, it was pretty like aggressive posture on offense, even though we ostensibly had three center backs. And that was that was great. It's sort of like a uh, variant of the the traditional number six Sergio Busquets kind of role, where the number six drops deep between the center backs in different situations to um, to to become a center back. And in this case, we saw it just kind of flipped, where James Sands was sort of first a center back and then also a midfielder at times. I think he probably spent more of his time in at center back than at, mm-hmm. at midfield. So that seemed to be like his default position. Uh, but it did give us a lot of this flexibility. And I'm, I'm fully for it. I think as long as it's an adaptation that can be done to like a standard 4-3-3 system where it's, you know, one player involved in like making a decision and then the rest of the team can react to that. I think that's that's a, a, a strong move. I just don't, I'm, I'm on record as being against the, the uh, five in the back system just because it it necessitates a totally different way of looking at the game than most of these players are are used to mm-hmm. but i think this is a variant that i i can definitely live with and i thought it was a positive kind of innovation from uh from greg well it's interesting you likened it to the euro final during the game and now that now that you talk me through it again um there are some similarities there uh england came in with a back three which after scoring a goal early on just became a back five for the whole game and then they lost which we could have done Correct. Um, the yeah. problem with the back three in is uh, maybe you know is for Ty. You were saying basically we're not used to it, and I get that. Okay. Um, it's also that it just turns into a back five if you lose your guts. You know what I mean? Right. It can easily right. just become a very regressive way of playing. Um, I'm still a little unclear about how this midfield was running because I did see Jimmy Sando, which is the only way I will ever refer to that human being again for the rest of my life. I love Hamas Sands. Hamas Sando. <laughs> um, he did, he did uh, dri- dribble into the midfield and then s- s- initiate attacks, which I think is really cool. Normally the, I like middle, that. Very middle, positive. Uh, yeah. Very positive. The middle, normally the middle center back in a back three stays put and the other two are a little bit more mobile. I have quite. I would be very curious about how, if your center center back is advancing the play, how are you running uh, the offsides line? Who is, sure. is it a, who is doing that? Um, so j- that's just neither here nor there. I'd have. I don't know who would have the answer for me, but I'd. I'd be curious to know how that's operating. And it, it asks other, so much. Oh, sorry. It, go ahead. It asks a lot. Yeah. The other thing that's a little confusing for me is we did have a midfield trio in addition to that. So did we end up with a diamond? Because yes. it was Leggett, yeah, yeah, yeah. Acosta, and yep. Busio. Busio seemed from the beginning of the game the most advanced of those. So we have like Leggett and Acosta doing a little shuttling, half space shuttling, and then we've got uh, I guess Sands bopping in and Busio kind of like at the tip of that diamond. Right. I suppose. Right. 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 And then on um, defense, it was a very flat three three in the midfield. So Busio mm-hmm. would come come drop deep almost to like a normal six position. And you had the two the two wider players. Mm-hmm. So it was it was like very, very rigid and very solid on defense. And it looked difficult to penetrate. So I think yeah. I thought it was successful in that regard. But the the real question is, you know, James Sands obviously not a top three center back. Who's James that? Sands. Oh uh James Sando. He Thank he you. Yeah, yeah, the gentleman yeah, who played yeah, in the middle. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, he, oh, 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 Jimmy Sando. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. He uh, he had a lot to do, and he is obviously not one of our top three center backs in the U.S. national team pool. And it makes you think, who else could possibly do that? Who might actually be one of our top three center backs? And it's not. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in. Uh, in John Brooks trying to push up into the midfield very frequently, or Aaron Long trying to push up into the midfield frequently. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's designed for a future Chris Richards, but it's not. You know, he's not quite. Oh there God, yet. yeah, I just thought. Oh my it's God, perfect. That'd be I mean, incredible. He's perfect. Also, EPB but would be great at this if EPB can get a. Look. I haven't seen that man play other than in one touch in all touch videos for a million years. It's I been a only, while. He only exists. It's in tough all to get. Videos. Yeah, he only <laughs> plays all touch videos. That's <laughs> He just trots um, out there for three excellent minutes every game. He's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing going on. All those people paid tickets just for him. Um, so, so we saw a second look in this game as well. We saw the uh, Roldan Hoppy dual ten right. 
right, look right. Um, later in this game. By the way, shouts to Zimmerman as well for, for picking up an injury in this one. Um, <laughs> hope you get better really soon. You got to do it. I can't just, I can't. It's not shouts for picking up an injury. It's shouts because of your injury. Shouts to you. Due to your injury. The shouts are due to the injury. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was the sickest injury I've ever seen. I was so fired. No, Daryl DK's injury was fire. <laughs> yeah, Daryl DK. He, um, I believe, we believe he injured himself in the flop. He got touched in the face, went down hard, and then was holding his shoulder the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. He, oh, he, yeah. he, he was faking an eye injury, or exaggerating an eye injury by going over and dislocating his shoulder. <laughs> That is um, there. That is the one and only thing that him Not and good. Neymar have in common now. Of their their life exactly. experiences, exactly. they have both yeah. injured themselves on a flop. Yes. Um, so we saw the second look. Um, man, happiness is the truth. It is indeed. What are we going to oh do God. with this guy? So he was losing the ball a lot, and and I want to kind of give us a chance to speak to that. That what? So what is it that you see in Hoppy um, that kind of it kind of, uh, I guess, outshines in some ways or, or, or lives in spite of. There's something beautiful about what's happening with him <laughs> on the field, in spite of the fact that, yes, he did have three turno- turnovers in a row in this game. And my question for you is, what is it? What, is the, what do you see in this guy that's, that's special? For, for the listeners who are like, I don't get it. Yeah, so we use a, a term called sauce to describe yes. this ineffable quality of players and I would describe it as more of a mental quality than a physical quality. It's a, it's a willingness to push the limits of what is possible and to accept some risk, maybe that you look silly or that you lose the ball, but to every now and then create a moment of magic that unlocks a team and leads to a scoring chance. Mm-hmm. And so Christian Pulisic is the king of this. He is actually either at the top or near the top most seasons in all of Europe in how many successful take-ons he has. So uh, he dribbles past more players than virtually anyone on the planet. Yes. He also loses the ball a lot. But the way soccer works is that attacking is a, is a you know high-risk, high-reward proposition. It's totally okay if you mess up nine times out of ten if you score on the tenth time. Mm-hmm. That is a totally acceptable ratio, and many yeah. successful careers have been made on that ratio. So, what uh, Hoppy has is it's a, it's a little bit of uh, of audacity, and audacity, it's a little bit of yeah. skill, and it's a little bit of creativity, and it combines to him doing things that the defense is not predicting, that none of us watching the game would actually be predicting, and he he often pulls them off more often than you would expect. He pulls yeah. them off and that it, it adds a level of dynamism to the team that is totally different. And it means that there are spots that look very standard and very controllable for the opponent that suddenly become huge problems because you have someone who's willing to try things that that other players won't. I think there's a game read thing happening with him. There's a tempo thing happening, um, a certain intensity um, and for me, there's like a Thomas Mullerishness to his play where it's like, totally. it looks it looks bizarre, um, sort of. Is it, he's so tall. He's a big dude. He's, he's, he's much taller dude. than most guys with sauce. That's, that's one, yeah. one he's a aspect. Very, yeah. He's a very big guy. Um, we both have the same Dominican barber, I Correct. think. Popo. Uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> shouts to Popo. Uh, sh- shouts On to your Popo. injury. Sickest injury <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> and... But he has this, he has a certain, like, like a game state awareness or an audacity, as you mentioned. Um, he feels like a little bit of a, a, a roll of the dice every time. Totally, totally. You know, you just want to know how this is going to play out. And what Muller does that I think Hoppy has the potential to do is read the chaos of a soccer game in a way that no one else can on the field. And he finds these, like Derek Jeter showing up at home plate, you know? He just finds these moments where he is where he needs to be because of some sort of a creative analysis, a creative read of the game. 
Right, and exactly. At this moment in time, because I'm, I, I am honestly, you know, trying to figure out what what happiness is the truth means to me. And at this moment <laughs> of time, I think for me, it's a, it's that. It's it's the ability to sort of turn it up to to see the game in a way that's a little different than the people around him, and to fucking go for it. Like the fact that this guy is is willing to be. Um, is willing to be played in situations that are out of his depth and he plays with you know a bunch of spirit a bunch of sauce as we say um is a meaningful and though although not statistically quantifiable a very um real skill right uh, that this he, guy's he's exhibiting he's the only middle schooler who's willing to dance at the party that's right that is correct um, he doesn't give a fuck he He's gonna I, do I, him. Give a fuck, and, yeah, and, and it doesn't always that, work. It yeah, does not always work. Let's that, be clear. He got, he got asked to prom like every year, every throughout. single he just year. Just kept getting yeah. asked because he's got that. He's got that vibe. He's got that he's sauce. Got the right vibe. And uh, also, just want to give a quick shout out to Tejon Buchanan, who also has is so dripping sauce. with sauce. Yeah, you were saying during the game, this guy's gear up ready. What what makes you say that? So there's something about his the incisiveness of his movement. Mm-hmm. That's what was standing out to me during this game is that he he shifts the ball with crispness and with purpose in a way that you don't see most players in CONCACAF do. And the reason, you know, this is a U.S. focused game, so I don't really care uh, that much. Or the, this is a U.S. focused show, so I don't care that much about Canada's youth development. But I do kind of care because the more Canadians, especially MLS players, go over to Europe and have success, that that has a knock-on effect for uh, for the U.S. and we've been talking about this burgeoning rivalry between the U.S. and uh, and Canada, and that's that would be a very very good thing for the U.S. if it wasn't just like yeah every couple months we get to play Mexico and that's a big game in Concacaf. We have more big games in Concacaf. That's profoundly good for the U.S. Yeah, I'm I'm squarely. This happened recently. I've squarely found myself in the position of I'm at this point rooting for all of Concacaf. Because I have faith that we will come out on top of this whole thing, um, and that the better Concacaf gets, the better it is for us. Uh, let us know what you think. Would you rather have the U.S. kind of repeat this era, but the previous eras, but kind of like take Mexico's place, or would you rather have Concacaf rise up, potentially <coughs> cause the U.S. some serious problems? You know, have it not be as easy as it once was. That's for right. Us. That's right. Um, maybe it's not clear that we're the best in this region, um, but is that worth it? Is that worth it to be to have the region, let's say, surpass the Kanmabal region? Um, you know, sooner rather yeah. than later. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I would much rather be the fourth best team in Kanmabal than the you know second best team in Concacaf. You know, I I I feel like the part of the success of the Kanmabal teams. I think that's the exact comparison I would want to make that's our next rung on the ladder is that they play this qualification process that is freaking brutal it's round robin against nine other teams it's 18 games and you go to all of these different environments that are all tough in different ways you have to go to uh la bombonera you have to go to the maracana and you have to go to um you have to go to bolivia and you have to play at altitude in Ecuador. You have to, so it's, it's all these like different, uh, different little challenges, like mini games that you have to surpass in order to qualify <laughs> like out of Concacaf. Mario Party, exactly like Mario Party. <laughs> and I feel like in you know in Concacaf we have a lesser version of that. You know, like the office is a very different in Jamaica. Their home stadium is a very different uh, challenge than than Azteca or um, San Pedro Sula. But I just feel like the the ringer that those uh, South American teams go through in order to get to major tournaments is a big reason why they do well. I mean, they're just battle tested and then teams, they know each other so well. They've been through the trenches. They've, you know, blood, sweat and tears have been poured truly in order for them to, to make a big tournament. And, uh, you know, even the home games aren't always cushy in, in South America. So I think that's, that's the level of intensity to the, uh, typical competition that we're looking for. And this kind of game, I hope in 10 years, looks very different. You know, despite whatever factors of the tournament, things like that, is that a game like this should be more hotly contested. 
just just out of pride, just out of rivalry and, and, and looking for top, you know, bragging rights. And a game like this should be in the public consciousness, I think. Canada is absolutely like, is or is maybe only a few steps away from being um, a legitimate rival to us. Perhaps of course. already is, right? As skill Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think A-team versus A-team, they, they can definitely beat us. Yeah, what's missing is the cultural context, you know? I played pickup today, and there was, a, there was sort of this joke that went around of like, what, are we just going to play all day? Well, none of you guys have plans, and no one said anything. I waited. You know, they were all like, yeah, it's Sunday, like, maybe we'll just play all day. And I, and I was waiting for someone to say, it's USA Canada, guys. We, I, I'm not going to play all day. I want to go watch USA Canada. Um, no one said anything. I waited for long enough, and then I quietly said, but what about USA Canada? And, um, you know, it came and went. No one gave a fuck. But I hope that's not true in 10 years. Well, and I mean, no one gave a fuck because it's the gold cup, not because it was a dead rubber. They, they, pe- people weren't saying, Oh, I was gonna tune in, but no, no, because they don't <clears throat> know. They just, cause they, yeah, they don't even know no idea. It's, it's happening. No, no rate, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, so yeah, right, right. We, we look at like these different tiers of impact. Yeah. Like, and there's, there's always like, there's, um, very narrow, there's a very narrow band of things that like truly changes the performance on the field of the team, but there's the base of a pyramid. You know, it's like like that that the the pyramid about uh, racism, where it's like at the top is genocide, and at the bottom are like microaggressions that lead to thoughts, that lead to attitudes, lead to actions, that lead to genocide. You know, so it's, and it's not to equate those two things, but it's just to say that there's a there's a directionality to all of this, and that's the 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 uh, warmer, fuzzier equivalent of that is when trying to have like cultural change, as we are with this national team, you have to have water cooler discussion. You have to have, you know, kids randomly knowing about when the U.S. team is playing and you have to have, you know, more just general visibility of these tournaments. And the fact that, you know, I don't know how it is in Kansas City, but when when the U.S. has played here in my neck of the woods in New Jersey, we played, you know, 20 minutes from my house. And if I wasn't a U.S. fan, I would have no freaking idea that the national team of my country was playing 20 minutes from me. You know, and that's that's ridiculous. That I, I don't know. There's no single button that we can push, but there's very few other countries on Earth where that's the case. And I, I, I hope that we're able to get there. Part of it is things like this show. You know, us, us doing this show. You all tuning in. It's amazing. It's amazing to chat with you on YouTube, on Twitter, and you know, whenever we get to talk. And we genuinely appreciate it if you tell your friends about this show, not just because we want. Uh, to reach more people, but because we know that every single person who gets in more and gets in deeper is another little little brick in that general you know progress towards something spectacular in 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 many many years, and it's going to take all of us in some little way to contribute to the eventual success of this team. Yes, yes, this is a consider it a case study for things that actually do matter. This is how we do, you know. This matters in its way that's uh, even though it sort of doesn't matter. Um, I'm not sure if that was clear, but <laughs> all right, all right, Ty. Any all last right, words? Right, Any right. last words on USA versus Canada before we depart? Departe. Well, I have not gotten my tournament mode on really. These these games have been you know calm and and chill. So I'm I'm excited to have an actual must win. And the definition is if you lose. You're out of the tournament. You That's what a must-win is. It's, it's a game that you have to win. <laughs> that you have to win. <laughs> so we are going to have a must-win against, uh, you know, Mexico if they lose, uh, or, or whoever else it is in Concacaf. It's going to be a good one. These these uh, Gold Cup knockout stages are do the the intensity does rat, ratchet up, and even with this, you know, uh, makeshift U.S. team, I am I can get I can feel the feelings coming for this for this game. Absolutely. So you'll. You'll probably see me like I'll start out calm if you're on the YouTube. I'll be like, you know, normal, whatever, just hanging out. And then at some point I might gravitate to the corner. It might go off camera for a second. And then I might start doing my my gyrations. (laughs) (laughs) I might get the spirit. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. It depends if it's a good game or not. But I I can't wait because that that feeling of of tension is like what I live for. It's the only time we feel truly alive. 
I will be that, perusing. That's not far from the truth. <laughs> it's not far from the truth. I will be perusing, uh, looking for funny pictures of Serginio Dest until it gets real. When you when I when my background stops changing, that's when you know I'm I'm in it. I've got I've been taken by the game. The game is me now. Um, can't been wait. Taken by the game. Join us. Join <laughs> us for all of it, guys. Get on in here, guys. Oh man, um, totally down with uh fish food ben and jerry's please yes thank you fish food the flavor i'm really into that i love it i it's yeah you, i was waiting for you to say something about fish you fucking love fish food don't you it, it's it's the best it's the best food i also really like um americone dream not necessarily better flavors than than fish food but wow an incredible name uh, Americone Dream. Fantastic. And I just tried out, uh, because I couldn't find either of those and I was sad about it, I tried out Ben and Jerry's Milk and Cookies. Totally delicious. Ben and Jerry's, solid company. <laughs> we are not getting paid for this. We are not getting uh, paid. <laughs> but I don't love any of that ice cream as much as I love the Nats. Let's go, boys. Let's go, boys! Let's for the country. Oh, I love having the early game, by the way. We're done. We're done. We're good. It's like not that late at night. Now I'm going to go see what happens in the Mexico game. Good night, people. Good night, people. It's We the Peeps. It's We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. I'm still going on YouTubes. Got some questions here. Okay. Um, John says that he wants us to be the best in the region so that we can always be high in the FIFA rankings and have a uh, at, at least a seed two in every World Cup. Uh, I'll just add every World Cup we qualify for. Uh, so what do you think? What if the region got more competitive, but not in time for us to have a better chance at the at making the world cup would you risk not getting into a world cup because we have a better region um the region would have to get so so much better for that risk to be real because they expanded the pool it's so that is many true but i'm so asking i'm teams. asking you in a, in a theoretical what, like in a theoretical over the sense? past yeah yeah I would not Are you take cool that. with it? Be like that's the South American reality for for Uruguay, Colombia, right, right Ecuador. Right, those right, teams right. there, they're outside of even Argentina. Argentina almost missed last time. They they had to get a win on the last day and get a little lucky. So, um, so everybody's at risk of not qualifying. Would that be acceptable? I would take. Are you saying U.S. doesn't qualify, or are you well, saying U.S. is at risk? Serious risk at of risk. Not at risk. Like instead of I, having a ninety percent chance, we have like a seventy percent chance. I want the U.S. to be at risk of not qualifying. That is good. It is bad. It's that, hard to say, but me too. Yeah. It is bad that the U.S. feels not at risk. That there doesn't seem feel like there's a lot of risk, and I consider that a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're if you're asking me, would you give up a World Cup in order to have a stronger region? My answer is no. I want all the World Cups. Right, all right. If you know it's good, if you know it would happen, would you yeah. give up one World Cup so that to, to then have a stronger region forever? And no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. no. I but would you relatedly? Cups. Would you give up every World Cup to win one World Cup? Yes. Yes, me too. Easy question. Uh, Ken says <laughs> the only way to raise Concacafs with the MLS, which I I, I fully agree that MLS. That's is a how huge it's happening. Yeah, that's yeah, and that totally is how, how it's happening. happening. Yeah. yeah. And MLS's stated mission is to become a top-tier soccer league, which yeah. appears to not just be lip service. They're, no. they, they're genuinely trying. It's going to happen. The question is how much... That, that will definitely raise up CONCACAF. I wonder how much it will raise the Nats. It's interesting. It raises everyone equally. <clears throat> the Nats are on their own. you got to be better than the other teams with the pool. But MLS right, is helping right. everyone. Right. Well, like the rise of the Premier League until recently hasn't paid dividends for England. And and right, when Serie right, A was the top team, I don't think, you know, it's like the, the, the league and the national team move somewhat independently. So 
Uh, somewhat. <clears throat> somewhat. But I think more, I think the American, the MLS is more independent. The MLS is more separate from the U.S. national team than is any of the leagues that you just mentioned. I think. You think so? I think it's more yeah. close. There's more like joint interests there. Well, I think I know what you mean when you say that, but I think that the MLS getting better helps Mexico. It helps Canada. It helps all of the CONCACAF region teams in ways that um, in exactly equally to the how, how much it helps the player pool for the U.S. Whereas Serie A, Bundesliga, Premier League, these are disproportionately helping their own nations to grow. Uh, Fly High says Hoppy needs to play dual striker with DK because of his technical ability. Love it. Who's technical ability? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Hoppy and DK play together a lot. I think that that's a that's a I like that's a match DK. made in heaven. That's yeah, a match made in heaven. It's funny. It's weird. It's a weird. It's weird and it's funny and I like it. It's great entertainment. Yeah, yeah. it's like a like a salted pretzel and a <laughs> caramel <laughs> core. It's like Ben and Jerry's flavor. Yeah. And then John, finally, last last uh, comment. Why do you guys not podcast as much anymore? You used to be the top dogs with Scuffed and TSS. What do you think, Clayton? We podcast more than we used to. What the fuck are you talking about? We're going so ridiculously hard. No, I, no, John. I think we're we're just not very good at telling everyone when we've podcasted. That's that's our issue. Is that we're 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 podding like a like like motherfuckers here. But we are going. So I don't. I, I need hard. to. I need to get the Do, word does out he a mean, little more. Does he mean during COVID? We did. We did slow take down a break. Yeah, we did more slow than down. everyone yeah. else during COVID. That's true. That's because because the Nats took a lot a longer to come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But John, you know, and, we, and also I gotta say, John, never the top dogs with scuffed and total. <laughs> that never, that never. Happened. I think he's just referring to frequency. But I think I, I, what I, what I'm want to say to you, John, is thank you for caring. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we 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 love to to bring you unique Nats coverage, and it means a lot that that you would ask that question to me. So I appreciate you you uh, putting some pressure on us to to keep the volume up. And we, we love you. We do gonna, appreciate keep... that. We love that the region of U.S. soccer podcasting is getting stronger. That's I'm right. willing to accept this pressure. I want this pressure. <laughs> oh, okay. We John, love the pressure. John is explaining that. Yeah, we had a, like a year break, so he stopped checking. Fair enough. We, we did fair. we did some we did some like uh, some retro pods, not, but it was yeah, it was a long to, break. Yeah. yeah. Do we need to really get you didn't take a year off, John? We didn't stop for a year. But, um, <laughs> we're glad you're back. We're, we're glad, glad you're, you're back, here. my bro. Um, we're glad you're here. And, and we, we love and appreciate you very much. We're so glad you're back. Please uh, tell a friend. And yeah, if, if, if you see us stop for a year, call my family. And yeah, make something sure that has I'm gone okay. wrong. If, if, there's, if we stop for a year and the U.S. has not yet won a World Cup, if those two <laughs> things are both true, there's a serious problem. Yeah, there's, there's like or a car accident or something. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. And yeah. we need, yeah, we need help. I, we need to write instructions in our will for if this happens on the yeah. on our way to um, on our way to Mexico City for the qualifier in March. If it's like a manifest situation, <laughs> we, oh show God, up, I, I, we show up in the U.S. did win the World Cup like years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, t- it's a TV imagine? show. Where How sad that is my version of hell is doing this podcast. <laughs> it's also my version of hell <laughs> doing this podcast for like you know all of my my ripest years and then later finding out in fact that they did win the world cup and i missed it oh my god that would be totally brutal that's a nightmare that's a nightmare (sighs) wow 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 well i hate to tell you this but (laughs) they replayed russia when we were in lockdown yeah, we just like yeah, we start, we took a, a three week break, John. <laughs> we took a three week break, John. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna we're coming thick and fast. YouTube, yes. Spotify, YouTube. All iTunes, that. all that, anywhere, all that. anywhere. All right, all right. Um, and and we will we will be trying to collab, John. Thank you for mentioning that. We've been discussing this internally. Yes, I met. I we have been. I am on a mission. Um, this will not make the feed 
Is this going to remain on YouTube forever? This is going to remain on YouTube forever. So hold right. hold that yeah, announcement or thought. We're doing our we're best. Doing our we're best. doing our best. We're doing our best. We're doing what we can do. And and you are helping us. So thank you very much for being here and for your likes and for your comments. It means a lot. And thank you. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. We'll see you, see we'll you, see you next later. weekend for this quarter. Done. Sick. Um...